0: Well, good morning. I'm going to do a couple of things this morning. First, we have a new member to present to you today. Um, her name is Sabi Nakua. Say your last name right. Yeah. Sabi, would you please stand? Everyone, this is Savy. She's been going through uh, the member orientation with Pastor Randy. And uh, it, is, it is Pastor Randy and the elders, uh, Pastor Randy and Pastor Bill's uh, recommendation to put, put her forward for a membership uh, to be received by you, the members. Um, and so, Call Baptist Church, if you are a member and, uh, and you would like to receive Savy, in covenant with her, uh, please do so by saying "Aye." aye. Those opposed? All right, Sabi, you're a member. You. Um, you can you can be seated now. Uh, and Sabi, uh, if you can be at the entrance of the church right after service, that way um, that way we can all we can all greet you. Um, and and again, this isn't just we're putting another name on a list, brothers and sisters. You are covenanting with our sister here, and our sister is covenanting with us, and we are promising that we're going to pour ourselves out for her spiritual good, and she will do the same for us. And so do not take this lightly. Uh, this is a joyful time that we get to do life uh, with, with another sister in Christ. And so um, so when you greet her after service um, with, a, with a holy uh, shaka, uh, or fist bump, uh, <laughs> um, uh, do so uh, with the weight that all of that brings. Uh, and so thank you, Savy. We look forward to doing life with you. Um, secondly, uh, I am, I'm, I'm bummed uh, because I was looking forward to hearing Pastor Randy uh, preach uh, today. Um, but he is not here today. Uh, and it's because the last weekend he went to Oahu uh, for a wedding. And uh, it, was, it was a great wedding, um, but he may have been exposed to, uh, to COVID. And so he is following uh, CDC guidelines, uh, doing everything in his power to, uh, to keep us safe uh, and himself and his family safe. And so um, he is at home, he's not showing any symptoms. He's taken uh, several tests. Uh, and still waiting back to hear from from one more the PCR test Uh, and that's why he's not here Um, he was hoping to be here though and and uh, it was gonna come down to the literal last second Uh, and so (laughs) Um, you, you get, you get, you get me this morning, um, and you get me on only a few days of preparation. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I apologize in advance, but, uh, but pastor Randy and, and pastor Bill asked, uh, since we finished James, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I was blessed uh, to study James when I preached. Uh, and so they asked me to preach through Colossians. When I, whenever I preach, uh, I'm going to preach through Colossians and so this morning we're going to be in Colossians chapter one verses one through fourteen. And because we don't have uh, the projector up and running, um, I encourage you to turn there in your Bibles with me if you're not there already. Um, if you have a Bible app, I encourage you to take uh, pull that out. Um, if you do not have a Bible app but you have our app, our Calvary Baptist Church app, uh, the Bible is on there as well, the ESV Bible. And so um, so you can you can pull that out as well and once you're there if you can if you can just look at me to make uh, so that i know that 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 you're you're there and you've pulled it up oh yes colossians chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. thank you colossians chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. right i'm going to have us looking at colossians uh throughout the sermon so it'll be helpful if you follow along uh, in your Bibles with me. All right. Looks like most of us are there. All right. Well, let me, let me pray, and then let's pray for Pastor Randy as well and his, and his family. Dear Father, we do lift up Pastor Randy and his family, and we ask that his test would come back negative, uh, and that you would keep him safe We also pray for those um, that uh, were in the wedding party that are suffering the effects of COVID even now. We pray that you would strengthen them to endure suffering, to be patient through confusion. And would you, in your mysterious providence, glorify your Son through all of this. Now we pray that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. May this moment that I get to serve my brothers and sisters that I love dearly, may this moment be, be pleasing to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, what would you say is the key to a fulfilling, the key to a successful satisfying life what would you say is the key to a successful and satisfying fulfilling life well according to numerous psychology websites life coaching websites life hack websites and so-called christian websites i've compiled just a few responses to that question what is the key to a fulfilling life and my google search algorithm is all messed up now i'm gonna have to spend like the rest of this afternoon searching good resources uh because i'm just gonna get junk uh now but I, i found this come to peace with the way things are take timeouts frequently in life our children might not agree treat yourself like royalty punch fear in the face and get to living Kick all your negative company to the curb. Learn to enjoy your own company. See the world, any part of it. It was hard to do last year. Visualize. Easier to do last year. Fall into the deepest love of self. Let go of the past. Choose to be happy. Discover the power of your thoughts and words now some of you may be thinking well what's what's wrong with any of that it doesn't sound too bad sound like those things could help well if you dig a little deeper especially the so-called christian advice you'll read things like this when they say discover the power of your thoughts and words it means when you think positive excellent thoughts You will be propelled toward greatness, inevitably bound for increase, promotion, and God's supernatural blessing. If you think negative thoughts all the time, how can you expect God to bless you? The Bible tells us that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. If you will transform your mind, God will transform your life. Wow, what a gross, gross perversion of that text. Well, as Christians, you may not be so easily fooled. Red, red, red flags might be going off in your head. But what about the key to a life that is pleasing to God? A life that is lived for his glory. A life that is lived in accordance to God's will. That's what we want. And what would you say is the key to a life that is pleasing to God? Well, Paul is addressing these issues in, this, in his letter to the church in Colossae. You see, Colossae was a prominent city several years before Jesus arrived on the scene. It was an important city of trade in the Roman Empire at that time. And therefore, it was a diverse city with different religions and philosophical worldviews, people moving into the city to live from different parts of the world. The residents of Colossae were mostly Gentiles, but they also had a significant number of Jews living there as well. And with this diverse mixing of cultures came the mixing of worldviews and religions, and it became, began to find its way into the church, into the lives of the Christians in the Church of Colossae. Some were mixing the teachings of the apostles and Jesus with some of the worldly viewpoints, even Jewish customs, to find higher fulfillment in life. We see that in our world, world today. Isn't it just incredible, brothers and sisters, how the, the Bible, there, there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible is everything that we need for life and godliness, and it is applicable even in today's world. So we find that a man, probably one of the pastors of Colossae, goes to Rome, where Paul is in prison, to ask for help. And just in with, with some context, Paul probably wrote the, the the letter to the Philippians during this time as well you see Paul never did visit Colossae but Paul did spend a few years in Ephesus which is about 120 miles west of Colossae and there he probably met a man named Epaphras who would who would have then taken the gospel back to his hometown of Colossae we see in Colossians chapter 1 verse 7 that they learned the gospel from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant and a faithful minister of Christ on their behalf. And so upon hearing the report from Epaphras, Paul writes this letter to tell these people that he's never met before. That, that, that there are some within the church leading them away by empty philosophies, empty promises and programs that don't work in finding ultimate spiritual fulfillment. Fulfillment. In fact, in their attempt to find fulfillment and fullness, they are ironically separating themselves from the only source of true power, Jesus Christ. And so Paul, in his letter to the Colossian Christians, is demonstrating the sufficiency of Christ for the believer's every spiritual need. I'll say that again. In this letter to the Colossians, the specific christology that colossians puts forward is that paul is demonstrating the sufficiency of christ for the believers every need so this morning we're going to see hints of this as paul prays for his readers as he begins this letter to these christians and the main point of our text this morning if you're taking notes is that we would be filled with all knowledge to live fully pleasing lives to the father fueled by all power and full of thankfulness that we would be filled with all knowledge to live fully pleasing lives to the father fueled by all power and full of thankfulness three points that i believe this text is structured in first point for whom paul prays second point for what does Paul pray? And third point, to whom Paul prays. First point, for whom Paul prays. Second point, for what does Paul pray? Third point, to whom Paul prays. First point, read with me in verses one through eight. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our father. We always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you he is a faithful minister of christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit so for whom does paul pray for what are the christians at the church in colossae like well we know that they are being tempted to be led astray by false teachers but notice how incredible these christians are first of all paul calls them saints literally holy ones, and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in verse 2. Paul also thanks them, thanks God, when he prays for them in in verse 3. And now we can say much about Paul in in verse 3, how he always thanks God for them whenever he prays. How much of an example that should be for all of us in our prayer lives. But notice, maybe more importantly, and what Paul is getting at, why Paul thanks God so often for these Christians and it's nothing less than the work of the gospel in their lives. He thanks God for them. Verse four, look with me. Since, because we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now, faith, hope, love. This this verse has 1 Corinthians 13, 13 vibes all over it, but does it surprise you how seemingly mundane, how seemingly unexciting, how normal the things that Paul prays, that Paul says, "I always thank God when I pray for you that you're trusting Jesus, that you love the saints." See these these truths that are weighty, that they are trusting God, they are loving the saints. That's 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 that's, that's maybe not as exciting. Maybe that's why we search. This world's database is looking to the world's influencers, trying to find something thrilling in this life when Paul is saying faith in Christ and love for the saints is praiseworthy. That thrilled Paul's soul. Why? Verse five, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Their faith and their love for the saints was grounded, not in this life, Not inward to find strength within themselves and fulfillment to find within themselves. No, the motivation, the reason for their faith and love for other brothers and sisters was rooted and grounded in what is laid up for them in heaven. And that hope, Paul says in verse 5, of this, that is, of this hope that grounds your faith and love, you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. Brothers and sisters, faith in Christ, love for the saints, it it thrills Paul's soul because it is nothing less than the glorious outworking of the gospel in our lives. It is nothing less than the miracle of the bearing of fruit because of the grace of God in truth, the gospel. And this same gospel, Paul says in verse 6, has come to you. Praise the Lord. The gospel has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Can you imagine in that first century, he's saying the the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing all over the world. What a thing to praise the Lord, thanking him for constantly. It's a miracle. The gospel has come to you and it's bearing fruit. It's a miracle. Because before... How did these Christians in Colossae live? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, Paul writes, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming in these you too once walked when you were living in them. Brothers and sisters, do not for one second take for granted by not regularly, constantly, always thanking God for the gift of salvation, the work of God in the gospel. Do not for one second overlook the seed of faith in Christ Jesus in your brothers and sisters around you. When you see others love other brothers and sisters well, thank God. For the work of the gospel in the life of that brother, or that sister. Paul even mentions in uh, in verse seven, Epaphras says, "The one who brought this gospel to the Colossians," and and he can't help but testify, to all the fruit in Epaphras' life that that he is a loved fellow servant, a faithful minister of Christ on their behalf. And in verse eight, he he's told Paul about. Their love, the Colossians' love, so that Paul can now give thanks for the work of the gospel in the work of in, in the Colossians. And at the end of this letter, Paul will spend two more verses talking about this man, Epaphras. In Colossians chapter four, verse twelve through thirteen, Paul says, "Epaphras, who is one of you, a, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers." that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. What a man. Brothers and sisters, how often do we give thanks for the work of the gospel in the lives of others in this congregation? Do you thank God always for the seed of faith, for the love that we see among each other. Are you tempted to look at each other and think, well, they have so much of the world's outlook. They don't have a proper understanding of what it should look like to, to love others. They don't love me that way, that they love others. They have flaws in their understanding of God, and ah, you know what, I'm just I'm just going to leave and find another group of people who have it more together. Yes, we fail, and yes, Paul is going to address what's wrong in this church. But Paul's heart was thrilled, so much so that he's giving thanks to God always for these Christians. Brothers and sisters, we are not greater than Paul in this respect. Give thanks for the seed of faith that you see in each other. I just, for a moment, spend some time giving thanks for the ways I see faith in Christ Jesus and the love for the saints here at KBC. And if I had a few more days to prepare, this would have been a longer section with more sp- specific examples. But I just, I just want to thank the Lord for the way we see faith here at KBC, to, to point out the epaphrases in our church. Just in the 12 and a half years since I've been here, I've seen us elect elders and deacons from among the body that's faith because we haven't done that before we we haven't the, the churches around us that's that wasn't the common practice but we we in faith selected elders and deacons we've gone through heart wrenching the heart wrenching process of church discipline. That's faith, because we saw that we needed to obey God's Word and love people the way God loves people. It's not easy. It's faith. It is love for the soul of people. It is love for the glory of God, and it's heart-wrenching, but and hope we do it, that one day their soul will be redeemed, and we will be reconciled, and they will, their soul will be saved from Satan. It's probably not going to be the last time that that we have to go through church discipline, but we do so in faith in love. We've seen men and women cared for, albeit imperfectly, through difficult seasons of our lives. We've walked with families who have suffered great loss of loved ones from the youngest possible age to the oldest. Brothers and sisters, we have pastors, Pastor Randy and Pastor Bill, who are regularly, like Epaphras, struggling on your behalf in their prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God like I don't know if you know, but they pray for each and every single member of Calvary Baptist Church and some regular attenders. Every week, they're praying for each and every one of us. There's not one person missed. They are praying and bearing our souls just like Epaphras was to God. We have older members who have been here for decades many of them not able to to come right now who have even just founded this church <clears throat> who uh, who are like epaphras they worked hard for us we see the love each of us are growing in for each other in smaller and greater degrees we have not arrived so continue to press in trusting christ loving one another because of the hope laid up for you, in heaven. <clears throat> That's first point. Um, for whom Paul prays. The second point. For what does Paul pray? For what does Paul pray? I wonder what do you tend to pray for when others ask you to pray? What what do what do you ask others when, when they ask you how they can be praying for you? Let's see what, what Paul prays for here. Read with me in verses 9 through 12. Follow along with me. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We see that Paul prays for one thing, so that they are able to do three things in verse nine Paul says we don't cease to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding that's Paul's prayer for the church for, for the Colossian Christians that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding and you may be thinking yes I need that. If if I just knew the will of God for my life, then I could live a fulfilling life, a successful life for God, but I don't know what his will is. I'm still trying to figure it out. I wish he would just speak to me and tell me, well, if that's you, I have really good news for you. God has spoken to you. He has revealed his will to you. How are you filled with the knowledge of his will? His word. And when we obey God's word, we are being filled with all spiritual wisdom and we are showing our understanding when we obey God in his word. If you don't know what the will of God is for your life, Obey what God has revealed in his word, and you will never be outside the will of God, my brothers and sisters. You will always be doing the will of God if you are obeying him in his word. How comforting is that to know that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, if you are obeying God's word, you can do as you please. Notice what this filling is with the knowledge of his will is four in verse 10. Paul asks God for his readers to be filled with the knowledge of his will so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, or in other words, he, he qualifies or explains that, fully pleasing to God. The true knowledge of God, true spiritual wisdom and understanding is meant to be worked out in a life that is lived in obedience to God and fully pleasing to Him. But you might be thinking, well, that's my problem. I don't think I'm pleasing to Him. I I sin regularly. How can God be pleased with me when I fail and stumble so often? Brother, sister, do do you see the source of how to please God there in the next words? Bearing fruit bearing fruit and that is the work of the gospel it was the work of the gospel among the colossians we saw earlier it was the work of the gospel in the whole world right bearing fruit in the entire world in paul's time it is the work of the gospel even now you you look around at the saints that you admire here at kbc the Epaphrases, the Pauls who are giving thanks always, it seems. The source of their love and faith and hope is not their own strength, but the gospel bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. True knowledge of God will bear fruit in good works, Will bear fruit in love for the saints, and will invariably increase a desire to know God more. It's a beautiful cycle. Do you see? The more you know and see God, the the heart that is bearing fruit will want to pour themselves out in obedience and worship to God because of the glory they have seen, which fuels more desire to know Him. It's a cycle. You know God more, which makes you love him more, which makes you want to obey him more and makes you want to then, fuels you to desire to know him more. You may think, well, I don't really have a huge desire to know God because it's hard. I read the Bible and I don't get anything out of it. I don't feel like, like this aha moment. I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm in, I'm, I'm in fellowship with God when I read the word. Do you want to know how to fuel a desire to love the saints and know God more? Begin to love the saints and pour your time into knowing God more. The feeling and desire will follow. It doesn't work to wait for the feeling, the desire to know God and love the saints. If you obey God by constantly going into his word, Pouring yourself in love, pouring yourself out in love for the saints. Those desires, those feelings of desiring God more will follow. Ask a brother or sister after service to pray this very prayer for you. If, if that's you, if you don't feel like you desire to know God because it's hard, ask someone to pray for you, that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will and Maybe ask that person to attend one of our classes we have going on right now. Wednesday night, Thursday night, how to grow, 6.30 in the fellowship hall. Or explore the Bible or, or a parenthood class. Secondly, this filling with the knowledge of his will is for verse 10, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Brothers and sisters, I think maybe some of us need to hear this this morning because you're tired. You're, you're, you feel like you're dragging and just barely crawling forward in life. Maybe you're frustrated with the way things are. Maybe you're frustrated with the way things are in your life. Maybe in, in, in this church, Maybe you're frustrated with, with the way things are in this country. And you read a verse like this and think, endurance and patience with joy? Impossible. Can't do it. This, this verse, than, I mean, I'm going to fail us here, brothers and sisters, because I don't have the words. I don't have the eloquence to communicate the glory here for you. Because Paul is not just praying that you would be strengthened with power to endure with patience. Paul is asking God that they be strengthened with all power, all endurance. That word all means to the highest degree, complete, unlimited. Paul is asking God to strengthen, and even that word is the same as power, that we would be powered by God with the greatest power imaginable strengthened by God with the greatest, greatest strength possible, unlimited power, according to his glorious might, literally the might of his glory. I mean, how do you begin to even fathom what Paul is asking God here for? How much strength is it when we are strengthened with unlimited power? How much power is it when the might of God's glory is that measure? We, 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 we have enough strength for all endurance, and that same Greek word is highest, complete, unlimited, the very greatest endurance and the highest degree of patience possible. That is what is strengthening you. That is why joy is possible when you endure That is why patience is possible with joy. Joy, weary saint, is possible when omnipotence strengthens you to endure, to be patient. Joy, when the measure of that strength is God's glory. How do we get that and tap into that strength? How how do how do we get it? If I had that power my life would be full. The knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. How do you get that power? Study God. Ask God for more glimpses of his glory in his word. Again, was that sort of anticlimactic? Like, like were you hoping for something shocking, like a super catchy, like, you know, like inspirational, you know, headline. Friends, fads wither, worldly philosophies fade away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Weary we saint, run to the word of God. This does not minimize your suffering. If you are going through something hard to not minimize your struggle, your hard trial, you may be suffering something incredible. Maybe you've made a mess of things and you're suffering because of it. Maybe someone has made a mess of you and your life. Go with a mature brother or sister in Christ into the word. Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will asking for spiritual wisdom and understanding asking God to strengthen you with all power for all endurance for all patience with joy maybe you're not a weary Christian and your life is not a mess God has been blessing and and you don't have a need for unlimited power for endurance and patience you've got joy but you do need the highest degree of strength and power to know God and his love for his bride more. I know this because we will never exhaust the love of God. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 20. And if you want to turn there, you can. But just listen. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So Paul is now praying. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named... That according to the riches of his glory, the might of his glory, the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Sound familiar? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend so we need we need the strength to do something to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of god you hear the same words Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think just what Paul just asked for, he's going to do more than that, which is mind-blowing, can't even imagine that, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you may not be weary, You, you may have joy, but you still need all power to know and understand the love of God, to be filled with all knowledge of his will, with spiritual wisdom and understanding. You need that power still. And you will eventually need that for endurance and patience. And just in case you think, well, that's not the same thing, very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. It's just exactly what Paul prays for the, for the Colossians, that we'd be walking worthy, pleasing to the Lord, bearing fruit. So thirdly, Paul asks God that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding, such that it fuels their thanks to God because it is from God, that all these things come down to us. Look at verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. You see, brothers and sisters, everything that Paul prays for, the knowledge of his will so that we can walk in a manner pleasing to God, bearing fruit, increasing in good works, unlimited strength to endure and be patient with joy, faith, love, Uh, for the saints, hope and future grace, it's all from God, not from us. Where do we look for fullness, for satisfaction, for help? Well, the false teachers in Colossae want these Christians to look outside the word of God, to look inside themselves. In Colossians 2.18, resulting in being puffed up, prideful. It's because they're trying to generate this righteousness, They're trying to generate this fulfillment, this satisfaction, and so they are prideful without reason, Paul says. It makes no sense. No, look to God. Give thanks to God because it's all from him. And Our third point is obvious, but brothers and sisters, we don't want to miss the glory here on display. Point number three, to whom Paul prays. To whom Paul prays. Once again, Not only will my words fail here, but we don't have enough time to do these verses justice. We will forever praise God for the glory here found in verses 12 through 14. Look with me there. Giving thanks to the Father. What has the Father done? Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. There is one to whom Paul, this is the one to whom Paul prays and praise God that it is God that he makes this prayer to and not us. I mean, could you imagine, oh Nick, Try really hard today to walk in a way that pleases God. You need to generate this on your own, in your own help, with no help whatsoever. You need to use your strength or lack thereof to endure and be patient. And you have to be perfect while you do it to be qualified to get the things laid up for you in heaven, for the perfectly holy ones. Nick, help you. No, I can't. We cannot brothers and sisters. That would be bad news. It's silly to, to hear it, but that's what we do sometimes when we don't come to the Lord. When we, when we think that we need to generate all of this from ourselves, we are asking ourselves for that which we cannot do, but it is God that Paul prays to. The one to whom Paul prays is the Father who has qualified us when we were so unqualified, in fact, ill-qualified, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The one to whom Paul prays has delivered us from the domain of darkness. The one to whom Paul prays has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. The, The image is one of the exodus. He has delivered us from slavery and transferred us into the promised land. And this Son, whose kingdom we now dwell, has redeemed us and has forgiven our sins. Praise the Lord that it is all His work and not ours. If you're here this morning and and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, or maybe you don't feel like you've been living a life pleasing to god and you're here you want to know how i want you to know that there is nothing you can do to qualify yourself nothing you can do to deliver yourself nothing you can do to gain for yourself forgiveness for your sins that you need and because of your sin because you have not only sinned against God, but not acknowledged him as God, God's just punishment is upon you. You remain in your sin, and you will forever suffer under the judgment and the wrath of God, for not acknowledging him as God and for not obeying him You remain in the domain of darkness and God, who is just, will punish you for your sin. Don't look within yourself to be qualified to be saved. Look to the cross. Look to the cross where God, the father poured out the punishment for your sins you've committed and he poured it out on his son and raised him up from the grave to show that all of our sins have been forgiven and paid for. And if you turn from your sins and trust the work of Christ on the cross, then you too can be delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the Son whom the Father loves. You too can have your sins forgiven. I pray that God would help you to do that so as i wrap up just have a couple points of application members of kbc how often do you pray for the other brothers and sisters here that you have covenanted with other members here at kbc how often do you pray for each other Maybe in contrast, how often are you tempted to think or speak poorly of each other? How often are you tempted to complain maybe about others, other members of KBC? They don't ask that to, to shame you, only to maybe expose an imbalance that God wants to expose. What are our words like when we go to the Father? Are we even bearing each other before the throne of God or are we more tempted to talk about each other in other ways see Paul thanks God for the faith he sees in the Christians at Colossae he sees measures of love he sees the work of the gospel in the lives of these young Christians they are flawed they they have they need correction but he can thank God for them you too can thank God for the members here at KBC. Do you know that as, as members, not everyone, but as members, you can have access to the member directory online? You can access it through your app or just on through our website. There's a special member access on there that you can access the directory, and that's not only a place where you can go and you know, find phone numbers or Uh, Find out who's a member here at KBC. That's meant primarily so that you can pray for each other, so that you can reach out to one another, call each other, write letters to each other. We don't have everything updated like phone numbers and addresses, but we're getting there. But, But that's meant for you to be praying for one another. If you can't access it digitally, we can get one to you physically if you want it. Pray for one another. Commit to praying for one another. Can you take this moment even just right now and think about your schedule this week of when you can make time in your week to commit to praying for other members here at KBC? Maybe you have to set yourself a reminder right now to remind yourself later this afternoon to schedule a time in your week if you, if you have to do that, go ahead and do it now. Set yourself a reminder of when you can set, schedule a time this week. You may think, well, I don't have time. Think about verse 5 in Colossians chapter 1. The Colossians trusted Christ and loved the saints because of the hope laid up for them in heaven. And I was thinking about that. You know, when I'm, when I'm running out of the house and Paxton asks me to read a book. I'm like, oh, seriously, I got, I'm, I'm running now, I have to, and he asked me this book that we read all the time called Hug. Literally one word, Hug. And it takes less than one minute to read, and, and, and so I'm like, okay. Most of the time I'm like, alright, let's, let's read it really fast, and then I gotta go. Because um, what's one minute out of my day? Out of 24 hours, what's one minute out of my day? Brothers and sisters, similarly, in light of eternity, in light of the length of eternity, what is 15 minutes out of your week? In light of eternity, what is missing one lunch during your week to spend it praying for other brothers and sisters here at KBC? in light of eternity, in light of the hope laid up for you in heaven. What is taking a moment out of your week to have lunch with someone else here at KBC that you don't know well? But you may say, well, I don't know very many people here, uh, so so I'm I'm not going to be very good at praying for them because I don't know what to pray for. I don't know them. Guess what? Paul never met the Colossians but he did not stop praying for them. If Paul could pray for people he never met, you can pray for people that you don't know very well, but you have covenanted with. Some of you should know more people than you do, and I'm talking to myself there. But you can pray for people that you've never met, and Paul gives us the outline, doesn't he? He gives us the blueprint. He tells us exactly what to pray when we're praying for people we don't know. So take some time to schedule this week when you will pray for people. And if you need access to the member directory, see me after service, see me this week, call me. If you want a physical copy, uh, let me know. I'm looking at Lynn to see if she's gonna let me. Yeah, and call the, call the church office um, and, and we can help you. That, it would be our joy to get you that access. If you are a member, if you're not a member, um, we, we are not going to give you that access. Uh, see me if you desire to be a member, or see, see Pastor Bill and Pastor Randy if you desire to be a member. Second point of application. Today, will you take Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, Paul's prayer, and pray this prayer with someone else this morning? You don't have to pray for the the entire thing. Just take parts of it if if your time is limited. But pray this prayer. There's a really great book, Praying the Prayers of Paul by D.A. Carson, um, that that takes the prayers of Paul, and he talks about them, and he breaks them down. We should be praying the prayers of the Bible, and we can do that this morning. Paul gives us the outline. Before you ask, uh, before you pray, Ask them how else you can be praying for them. We're used to praying for physical needs. We are. But weaving Paul's prayer into our prayer for physical needs will help us to not only pray for, again, physical, but will also help us to start praying for the spiritual needs as well. So if you don't have much time because I'm preaching too long, <laughs> like just, just take the time to thank the Lord for faith the faith that we share, the fact that they're here and that they're praying with you, the love that they're expressing to you in that moment. Just thank God. I thank you for the faith we share and for the love my brother or sister has for me now just to pray with me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's, that's, that's it. That's all you have to do if you're limited on time. So brothers and sisters, let's be praying that God would fill us with all knowledge to live fully pleasing lives to the Father, fueled by all power, and full of thankfulness. Let's pray. Father, that is our prayer. We thank you that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance with the saints. We thank you that you have redeemed us and have forgiven our sins. And we ask with Paul, that you would fill us with all knowledge of your will, with all spiritual understanding and wisdom, so that we can live lives that are worthy of the gospel, fully pleasing to you. We ask for unlimited power. We ask that you strengthen us with strength that is unimaginable so that we can endure and have patience with joy in the things we suffer. And we thank you. We thank you, Father, for all of this. That is a a bearing of fruit, a working out of the gospel that you have implanted into our lives. So, Father, would you receive glory among your church this morning as we go and as we do the things that we have seen in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.